we're going to have a beautiful, beautiful time today talking about the race, winning the race. And I pray the Lord today will use this beautiful teaching from his word to encourage you, to strengthen you, to establish you in God's word, that the word of God will be strong in you and get stronger and stronger and stronger daily. You know, my aim with you wonderful partners who are my family is to just help you be strong in the Lord, to strengthen you, because I know life has challenges. We all go through them. Lord, we come today and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your amazing, beautiful grace. Touch our hearts in a beautiful way today. And Lord, I thank you for your sweet people. I pray today you will bless them, strengthen them, encourage them, put them back on the mountaintop in Jesus' holy name. And God's people said, Amen. Okay, thank you for joining me. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to read verse 12, a very beautiful and very familiar portion. Because this talks about how to win the race how to not give up, how to make it strong, stay strong. So Paul begins, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. So he was going through a lot of trials and tribulations. And then he says, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him, meaning my life my soul, my eternity, against that day. So Paul, or until that day is what the word means when it says against that day, until that day. So the Lord will keep what I have given him until that day. I will win the race. I will make it. And now he begins to talk to Timothy also about what Timothy should do. And I think we can all take that, that advice uh, from dear Paul. And he says to Timothy, basically says, you know, I'm ready now to be offered. I'm reading 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 through 8. He says, I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. So he knew he was going to go to heaven to be with the, with the Lord. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course or the race i have finished the race i've kept the faith in that precious that's what we all want henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not only to me so here is he's telling timothy now i have made it I'm about to be done. I have kept the race. I've won the race. And the Lord now is going to reward me with a crown of righteousness. Not only to me, but also to all of them that love his appearing. Beautiful. So when you read the, the words of Paul the Apostle, He's talking about fighting. 
He's talking about keeping. He's talking about finishing. So Paul wanted Timothy to finish well. He wanted Timothy to look to his own faith because we cannot run, run the race without looking to our own faith. We have to do it. Now we can look at examples like Timothy looking at Paul and Paul says, okay, I'm, I've done the job. I have run the race. Now, Timothy, the Lord's going to give me a crown of righteousness, but also you'll receive one if you run the race. When I was a kid in school at uh, Collège des Frères, the College of Brothers it was called, it was a French school I attended, we had a, we had a monk. Uh, they, they were Franciscans that brought me up, Catholics. And this monk was a very powerful man. We all were afraid of him, to be honest with you. And I remember, I'll never forget, you know, they, they would take us out to the yard uh, every so often in the afternoons. And the, the, the class had to run in a race in the yard. And he said, this monk said, now boys, if you want to win the race, there's three rules you have to remember. Boy, these things are still in my, in my head from, and I was probably, what, 11, 12 years old when I heard him say that. He said three rules. Number one, never worry about the guy next door. Never worry where he is with the race. Like, don't look at him. Number two, keep your eye on the finish line. Just keep looking at that finish line. And number three, Never give up. And I'm thinking to myself today, that's exactly what I need for this race I'm in, this life I'm in. Don't worry about what other preachers are doing. I'm not in a competition with them. I'm not competing with anybody. That's why, why Paul said, work out your own faith. Focus on your faith. Focus on your walk. Focus on your race, basically. So, and the second thing is, Keep your eyes on Jesus, the finish line. He is the Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith is what we read in Hebrews 12. And thirdly, never give up. Don't get so weak you can't finish the race. We can finish the race stronger than when we started. And that is very, very Bible. Because Paul finished in a very beautiful way. So now, look what, what, what he says also here. Uh, he's, he's using language like, you know, and let's, let's, let's look at just a little more with 2 Timothy 3. But Paul is, when you read what he just said, he's using words like hold fast, keep, endure. And you know, when you read what, he's, what, what he tells Timothy, well, how, how can you win the race? Well, you have to hold fast. You have to keep. You have to endure. You have to flee temptation. You have to follow, continue. And you see these words repeatedly in the epistle, I mean, itself. When Paul is talking to Timothy, hold fast, Timothy. You're not going to win without holding fast. Or keep what I've given you. Keep. 
or endure or flee youthful lusts or follow, continue. These words you see them over and over and over written to Timothy. Now why, why? Well, let's look at 2 Timothy 3 and he, and he explains a little more in this as he's writing Timothy, he says this. He says, and that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Oh, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction in righteousness. Now, here he's telling him how he can finish right. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So what he's saying here, and if you look back at like, you know, let's just go back and reread 2 Timothy 3. And I'm going to actually start with verse 13 this time, because I want to show you some of those words I just mentioned. He said, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue, you continue in the things you've learned. You've been assured of, knowing of whom you've learned them. From a child, you, you've known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise through unto salvation through faith. So what he's really giving him is by not just saying hold fast and keep, endure, and so on, he's also, he's also showing him what to use for the race, what to use that he can run the race right. He said, continue in the things you've learned. Continue in the scriptures you've known from childhood, which are able to give you wisdom, keep you in faith. And all scripture is by inspiration. All scripture can help you with doctrine, with reproof, with correction, with instructions for righteousness. And all scripture will make you perfect and thoroughly furnished. Wow. The Bible. God has given us the greatest gift. I thank God for his word all the time. Today I read Exodus 1 right through 12. I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with God's wisdom, God's ways. Oh, dear Lord. There's so much in that portion of the Bible from Exodus 1 to 12. The calling of Moses. Moses going to Egypt. God using a piece of wood to turn the Nile River into blood. Frogs came out of the Nile, then lice and flies, and the cattle of Egypt died. Whoa. Boils on the enemies, like cancers on their bodies. And then you read about the, the amazing power of God when the hail fell, destroying the land. 
And then when the, when the land was full, I mean, think about the, the millions and millions of locusts in the land covering the sky from the sun. Then the darkness that came and the firstborn was slain. God took Israel out of Egypt with such power. I was stunned. And I've read that before. And I said to the Lord, Lord, you're amazing. What wonders are these to keep the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? I was so moved when I read, my name is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and this is my memorial forever. I'll never change my name. And I thought to myself, Lord, how you're identifying yourself with men like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To be their God. God is so proud to say, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. And I cried. I said, Lord, be my God too. Be my God forever too. <gasps> wow. And then I read in the Psalms, because I read the Psalms too, you know, because when I pray, I love to read the Psalms. Lead me into the land of uprightness, David said. It touched my soul. Lord, don't forget to, I was praying for me, don't forget to lead me, because I don't know how to find it. The land to the land of uprightness. Man, call maybe because that's my heart's hunger. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to lose what God has given, promised us, all of us. The land of uprightness is heaven. We must finish strong. We have to run the race and win. We cannot allow anything to weaken us, anything to weaken us. And I want you to be so strong, you'll be stronger when you finish. Even in old age, you'll be stronger than when you began when you were young. Okay. Now, you know what? I want to I show you it's possible to lose everything. It's possible to lose what we have. People say, well, you know, I can't lose because I'm in now. Once saved, always saved. Look, look, it's not in the Bible, okay? Because God is very clear that you can lose with him. And I don't want to lose. Look at Colossians, okay? There's just many, many scriptures. But like one of them is in Colossians 1. And in, in verse 21, now think, well, like, why would Paul say that if we're saved, uh, always saved? You're in, you're fine. No, no, no. You still are responsible. Paul says in verse 21 of, of Colossians 1 and 22 and 23, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, present you unblameable, present you unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith. If you continue in the faith, is verse 23. So how can people believe one saved, always saved, and dismiss just this one line? And there's a lot of them. Many scriptures that say that clearly. You have to continue. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you've heard, which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am a minister. 
Wow. You know, I mean, think about, think about so many scriptures like in Matthew 24, the Lord talks about this, or in John 15, he says, if you don't abide, you'll be cut off. If you don't bear fruit, you'll be cut off. Well, that means apostasy, right? Apostasy is possible. Look at Hebrews, okay? And there's many more scriptures, many, 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 many more. But for time's sake, I'm just giving you two or three just to think about. Like in, in Hebrews 2, verse 1, 2, and 3 says, Therefore we ought to give, this is Hebrews 2, verse 1, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we've heard, lest at any time, lest at any time we should let them slip or lose them. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? I mean, you read scripture after scripture, Frightening scriptures about the possibility of losing what we've received. We don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. You, you don't want to lose. That's why we have to run the race with patience. So Peter says now in 2 Peter 1 verse 8, If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you will not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And before that, he, he, he just said, Give all diligence, add your faith virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness and brotherly love and love. If these things be in you, you'll, you, you'll never be unfruitful. And he that lacks these things is blind, he cannot see afar off, has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So when Paul which I believe wrote Hebrews, by the way. I could be wrong, but I think Paul wrote Hebrews. Maybe Apollos, maybe Barnabas, fine. But whoever wrote Hebrews wrote something quite powerful in Hebrews 10, 26, when he says, if we sin willfully, no place for repentance. He was talking to believers. And if he's talking to believers, it means it's possible that they can walk away from the faith. He was talking about apostasy. He wasn't talking about sinning willfully, like falling into sin because of weakness. He was talking about people who make up their mind, I'm leaving the faith, I'm falling away, I'm leaving, and I don't care. Well, I'll tell you what I think. I think when a person has had a face-to-face -face encounter with the living Christ, he can't walk away, he can't leave. There's a there's a connection with Jesus that is unbreakable. But I think people that haven't had that face-to-face -face encounter are on shaky grounds. That they're, they're in the faith. They come to the altar and say, Lord, come into my heart, save my soul. And they mean it. They weep tears of repentance. They mean it. And then you, you, you hear of them walking out. I think it's because the reality of Jesus is not in that life. If you really want security, abide in the Lord. 
Because Jesus said, abide in me. Let my word abide in you. And then all is well. But still, even abiding, it's still my responsibility to follow. So why do I follow Jesus? Well, first of all, he's become more real to me than my own life. And I think to us, when the Lord becomes that real, more real than us, we don't want to walk away. It's not in us to walk away. It's not that we cannot. It's that we don't want to. We don't want to. We love him too much to walk away. We love him too much to hurt him. But it's also about fellowship. We fellowship with him. But people that walk away, their relationship is so weak, they, they neglect time with God. They neglect prayer time. They neglect the word of God. They don't even read the Bible hardly, some, some of them. Well, how can they stay in the, in, in the faith? Look, there is a hell. It's in the Bible. There is a heaven. It's in the Bible. I don't think anybody's going to make hell by accident. And nobody will make heaven by accident. It's a choice people make. And like, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, I made a decision. I will serve the Lord. Okay. So the danger is real. You know, when you, when you read, for example, you know, in Hebrews 10, which I just mentioned earlier, and the writer says, don't lose your confidence. Don't walk away from your confidence. Cast not away, therefore, uh, that's Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. So it's possible to say, you know, I don't want it. And then in verse 38, now the just shall live by faith. If any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But then I love what he says in verse 39. We are not of them who draw back. That's what I was just saying earlier. We are not of them who, who draw back unto destruction. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Why? Because we have that kind of relationship with Jesus. And everyone listening to me can have that kind of relationship with Jesus. That there'll be no desire in you to walk away. No weakness in you that will pull you away. Okay, let me just finish now. Jesus in John 15 told us to remain in him, abide in him, remain in him. And I'm going to also warn you, please be careful of what preachers you allow your ears to hear, you allow yourself to be influenced by. Because the Bible warns us that in the last days preachers will turn away people from the faith. Some of the most dangerous people today as 2,000 years ago were preachers because they have influence. Jude talks about preachers. In verse 4 he said there are certain men crept in unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness or wickedness, denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And, he, and if you look at verse 12, he's talking about preachers. He said, these are spots in your feasts of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, 
clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit is withered, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. He's describing people of influence because he said they are spots in your feasts. <laughs> they, are, they are people that have influence that come to you to your feast. So the danger is tremendous, but we have a way out. We can win the race and we can be strong and stay strong and get stronger in the Lord. And that's my prayer for you. And I want to pray today that God will help you win the race. Stay strong in the faith. And what do we do now? We have to, to go to First Peter real quickly before I'm, I'm done. First Peter 1.17 and 1 Corinthians 10.12 that really give us a great piece of advice, counsel. So he says, if you call on the Father, this is 1 Peter 1.17, if you call on the Father who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning or your stay on earth here in fear. The fear of God will keep us strong in the race. When people lose the fear of God, that's a, that's a very, very serious sign of danger, I think. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, Paul talks about, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. So we, we, we're to live in the fear of God and alert. Stay alert. Watch out for the snares of the enemy out there. And my recommendation to you, as I've said it over and over and over, nobody can be a soldier of Jesus Christ if they're entangled in the affairs of this life. That's what Paul said to Timothy. It's time to dismantle ourselves, to release ourselves from the things that are worldly in nature. God did not call us to be involved in things that have nothing to do with his word, nothing to do with the Christian life. So let's just focus on the Christ-like life. Let's obey the word of God. Let's keep our affections on things above. Let's see the invisible, not the visible. Let's live in that beautiful heavenly place. We are citizens of heaven. Now, yes, we are in the world, so we have to, you know, keep on living without getting, you know, affected by the filth of the world, keep ourselves holy and clean. But we're not of the world. So, therefore, we should not be so involved in it. We are passing as pilgrims, as strangers. Hallelujah. So, Lord, come on, let's, let's just believe. Lord, I pray with everyone right now. They will finish that race strong. They will finish that race so strong that, Lord, they'll be rewarded in glory. Like Paul said, I have kept the faith I have finished the race. Hallelujah. All of us, I pray, will say those same words. I have finished the race, and I did it well. Therefore, a crown of righteousness will be given to me in glory. 
Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You're able to keep us from falling, and you're able to present us before your throne without blame and with joy. To you be the praise, for only you are wise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He that hath begun a good work in you will finish it. But we all have to cooperate. <laughs> we have to follow the Lord. Because that's what he said to us. He said, follow me. Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't push us or pull us? He gives us the freedom to follow. What a wonderful Savior. All right, precious people. It's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to say thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your faithfulness. Your protection. Financially, I'm talking about. The God has protected us financially. We're still here and blessed. And he will continue to bless you. He'll continue to reward you. And he will reward you not only with that, but restore things you lost. If you give. You know, some people, when they stop giving, they stop giving because they're losing so much money or this or that. But when you sow again, and you say, Lord, I'm doing it because I love you. I don't understand every, you know, everything, but I love you enough. I'm going to sow because you said I need to give to your work. God will, will restore things to you that you've lost because he is the God of restoration. So, Lord, restore. Bless them, Lord, with restoration that they'll not ever lack again like they did in the past. And as they give now, Lord, let the harvest come with abundance. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. All right. You can sew on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can text BHM45777. Now listen, tomorrow, tomorrow, I just did a class with BHI that was so beautiful and so powerful when I taught. I taught on the a feast of tabernacles. And I talked about what happened on the Day of Atonement? Ah, oh, wow. And this class was very special, very special. There was a beautiful adorning. And I prayed for some of our people and for the sick. And I believe the Lord will heal you also when you watch tomorrow. It was just a lovely anointing that flowed. Some of the students were weeping and it was precious, precious. So tomorrow is another special presentation. We showed you. Uh, yesterday, the beautiful uh, special presentation I, I had with some of our partners. And uh, this is another one now, but this is with the class, with BHI. So, and by the way, you, you can join BHI and be a part, because I, I, I teach every Monday and Thursday live. And we're up to 4,000 students now. It's been wonderful. All right, so please tune in tomorrow to see this beautiful uh, class I had that I, I want to be blessed by too, okay? Okay, much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.